Uh, okay, well, welcome back to our study of systematic theology. We are on number 17 out of 60, so we're, uh, we're getting right along there. We are looking today at angels and demons. Uh, just to review, last week we looked at uh, ex nihilo, the creation, and next uh, week we'll look at creation of man, or next time, I should say. Uh, also, I handed out uh, kind of the back overviews to catch up uh, our visitors who haven't been with us. Uh, you may find some typos on there. I noticed some typos when I went back and reviewed them, so please ignore that. <laughs> uh, that's okay. It goes right along with uh, my misspeaks on the recordings. fits perfectly. So. <laughs> but uh, as usual, what we'll do is we'll um, kind of do uh, an introduction here of what we're looking at tonight. Then we'll pause and watch our, our video with Dr. Sproul, who will discuss the topic, and then we'll come back afterwards and do kind of a review and overview and, and discussion. Uh, and we'll also look a little bit at um, what our confession uh, says about, about the topic. Um, so I, I found these articles, they it looks like they were written some years after this series was done by uh, Dr. Sproul, but they uh, they kind of go right along with the, with the series, so I think they're very helpful to to further flesh out what we're looking at. So angels are spiritual beings created by God. Images of angels can be found throughout Western art. Even those who may profess no religious faith at all often believe in the existence of angels. Moreover, demons, those angels who rebelled against God, also fascinate us. Stories and movies about demons abound. Angels and demons are important not only for these reasons, but because the Word of God testifies to their existence. Throughout the Bible, angels and demons play important roles as messengers, warriors, and more. Angels, according to Hebrews 1.14, are ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. The Greek word for angel, angelos, and one of the Hebrew words for angel, malik, both refer to one who is a messenger. Angels also serve as warriors and involve themselves in warfare in behalf of God's people. Revelation 12.7 describes the war between the archangel Michael and Satan, the great and evil dragon. An angel helped to turn Assyria back from conquering Judah in the days of King Hezekiah. We see that in 2 Chronicles 32. In addition, angels play an important role in worship in Scripture. Isaiah 6 describes many six-winged angels, or seraphim, worship, worshiping the Lord God in heaven. Those are probably the same beings described in Revelation 4, whose job seems to be the perpetual, unending worship of God. Under the Old Covenant, angelic images adorned the tabernacle and temple. Images of winged cherubim sat on the cover of the Ark of the Covenant and they were woven into the tabernacle's curtain. You can look at Exodus 25 and 26. It seems that at least some angels are able to take on the form of men and make appearance on earth to people. Two angels who looked like men came to Lot to warn him of the destruction of Sodom. That's in Genesis 18 and 19. An angel came to minister to Elijah when he was exhausted, 1 Kings 19. An angel appeared to Zechariah to tell him about the birth of John the Baptist, Luke 1. 
These and many other instances could be cited. One important type of angel seen throughout the Old Testament is the angel of the Lord. This angel speaks to Abraham in Genesis 22. He tells Abraham not to harm his son, and the angel refers to God in the first person, verse 12. Many commentators have therefore identified this angel with the pre-incarnate Son of God. Three Hebrew words are used for angelic beings in the Old Testament, Malik, Cherub, and Seraph. It is not clear, however, whether these refer to different kinds of angels or if they all refer to the same kind of angel. Within the angelic host, some angels have a leadership role. Scripture refers to the archangel, that is, head or chief angel. One archangel is named Michael, Daniel 10 and 21, Jude 9, Revelations 12. He takes a leading role in the angelic army, and he may, in fact, be the only archangel. Some people believe that the angel Gabriel is an archangel, but scripture never names him as such. Ancient Jewish tradition spoke of several other named archangels, including Raphael, who were named in extra-biblical writings. None of these figures appears in scripture. An archangel will announce the return of Christ, 1 Thessalonians 4, but we do not know if this archangel will be Michael or another unnamed figure. Unlike angels, who are defined in Hebrews 1, Demons have no official definition in Scripture. From various passages in Scripture, however, it is clear that they are the evil counterparts to angels. They oppose God and his people in several ways. Demons are spiritual beings who were created good but became twisted and evil. Based on texts such as Revelations 12, 7-9, Christian theology has generally held that demons are fallen angels, and that one in particular the being now known as Satan, led many angels in rebellion against the Lord sometime before the fall of mankind. These evil angels were then cast out of heaven and became demons. Scripture does not tell us how these angels turned from good to evil. Many passages in Scripture explain that when people worship anyone other than the God of the Bible, they are actually worshiping demons. Deuteronomy 32, 1 Corinthians 10. False doctrines often originate from demons, 1 Timothy 4. Satan, and presumably other demons, can wear the disguise of an angel of light, 2 Corinthians 11, indicating that they can take on the appearance of goodness in order to promote falsehood. While Christians should not fear that they can become demon-possessed, the New Testament does indicate that demons are able to possess and control those who do not belong to Christ. In some cases, demons also oppress people and even perhaps cause illness. Mark 5, Luke 9. These examples do not prove that all instances of mental and physical illness are caused by demons, but they suggest that some of them are. Demons are powerful and organized, but they are not invincible. As Martin Luther wrote in his famous hymn, Satan's doom is sure. Jesus has already secured their final defeat. Colossians 2, and at the end of the days, Satan and his demons will be cast into the lake of fire forever, Revelation 20. And there's some uh, helpful quotes here, too. I kind of already mentioned this one, but from Martin Luther's uh, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, 
We will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. And then from John Calvin and his Institutes of the Christian Religion, Angels are the ministers and dispensers of the divine bounty towards us. They watch for our safety, how they undertake our defense, direct our path, and take heed, and no evil befall us. And uh, Sproul, in his book, Everyone's Theologian, said, Angels and demons are alike are created beings. They are not equal with God. So we're going to be looking at all that tonight uh, in the video and then in our overview and discussion. But I, I hope that's a, a good introduction. Uh, let's pa pause now and let's watch our video and then we can continue. All right, <clears throat> we finished our video. Let's, uh, let's do our review here. And as always, doing a review and having repetition helps us remember what we've learned. I think everyone has their sheet. So introduction on angels and demons. Belief in angels and demons is important to the Christian faith, despite modern man's critical attitude toward anything supernatural. Here we look at the role of ministering spirits and the reality of Satan and demons. Our overview. G.C. Burkhauer said, There can be no biblical theology without demonology. Rudolf Boltman attacked the veracity of the New Testament by attacking the supernatural worldview of the first century. He deemed the world of the New Testament to be faulty because it describes a world filled with angels and demons. Why is Satan so unbelievable? The common image of Satan was developed during the Middle Ages, when the people mocked him and joked about him in order to attack his pride. In the New Testament, angels are discussed even more than love or sin. However, this does not validate the current New Age interest in angels. An early church heresy was that Jesus was actually an angel. However, the author of Hebrews challenges this idea in Hebrews 1. Angels are created beings with various functions. They are mysterious, usually invisible, but can manifest in various visible shapes and forms. There are ministering spirits, like the seraphim and cherubim, and even ministered to Jesus. They also are messengers such as announcing John's and Jesus' birth, and made visits in the Old Testament as well. Fallen angels are lesser angels who fell with Satan and uh, under Satan's command. Satan is not, nor does he have the power of God. <clears throat> For example, he is not all-knowing or all-present. Though far more powerful than man, do not attribute too much power to Satan. Satan is the tempter, deceiver, and accuser. You can see Revelation 12.10. Satan, like other angels, is metamorphic and can change in image as easily as we change our clothes. And be warned, he, he can appear as pure as light. So let's look at our, our questions to help us remember. Belief in angels and demons often comes under attack because many people reject what? That would be supernaturalism. The common, quote-unquote, pitchfork image of Satan is mostly a product of what? The Middle Ages. Does the Bible rarely speak of angels in the New Testament? No, quite frequently it speaks. A heresy arose in the early church, causing the church to be greatly concerned with the nature and function of angels, 
claiming Christ was what? An angel himself. The primary role and function of angels is what? To be ministering spirits. What do Christians often incorrectly attribute to Satan? A divine nature. So let's look at our discussion questions. We'll open up the floor here. Um, Why do many people find Satan unbelievable? And I would put a caveat on that. Why do so many people who are willing to profess there is a God still have issue uh, claiming they believe in Satan? You mean like why they, why they said on the video? Yeah, they're okay saying they believe in God, but they don't believe in Satan. Because the character, the character uh, image that they have of it being like a cartoon kind of thing. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a big one. I think. <laughs> that common image just seems silly, right? Yeah. Um, I bet some people don't want to admit Satan is real because they think of him as the bad guy and they don't want him to exist because he is the bad guy. Yeah, and I think it kind of goes hand in hand with a lot of people who don't want to believe in hell. And so, mm-hmm. if you don't believe in Satan, there's no need to believe in hell either, right? <laughs> Um, what are some popular ideas about angels that are contradicted by Scripture? I know I can think of... Even the way they look. Yeah, the way they look. Because, I mean, if you look like the angels on the Christmas tree, it's not now. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, their appearance when they, when they manifest, right? Um, what other ways? Um, I'm wanting to say guardian angels, like people always think of guardian angels. Not, but I mean, we know that God does send angels to protect all mm-hmm. these things. But I think secular world has a bad theology about that. Yeah, and, and that kind of draws in what I was going to say. We think of media and, and movies and such. I mean, think of It's a Wonderful Life, right, where he has this guardian angel. Well, in the movie, the guardian angel earned his wings because he used to be a man. Well, men and angels are separate creatures. Men don't die and become angels. But we see that throughout media everywhere. So that's a big misconception, I would say. Right, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's like someone had that idea one time and people ran with it. If I remember correctly, wasn't there something he was saying about angels? Like, I could be wrong, but when they manifest, you don't really recognize it because they are natural or human like. Like yeah, it's talking about you know, entertaining angels unaware, right? So they sometimes manifest as humans, and, and we think they're just people that in the right yeah. place at the right time, right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes, it, sometimes you, you don't know it's an angel, and other times people fall down and they have to tell them, don't yeah, get up, don't worship me. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah, we see that in Scripture, so, yeah. Okay, what are some functions of good angels and what are some evil functions of Satan and his demons? 
It's a big one in scripture. Messengers. Ministering spirits. Yep, ministering spirits, ministering to God's people, right? What about the the demons? Deceivers. Yes, deceivers for sure. Um, <clears throat> accusers, and that's that's a big one. Um, if, if you guys have have read Pilgrim's Progress, there's a whole scene in there where Christian, you know, basically responds by saying, "You don't know the half of it. <laughs> You're accusing me of this, and you don't even know half of the stuff I've done." He just fully admits it. Instead of trying to, to be broken apart by his own sin. The other one is tempters. Tempters, yeah. That's probably the most, I would say, most common answer when someone, you know, you think of Satan and his demons always tempting us to do to sin. And, yeah, <laughs> with man for sure, yeah. What questions about angels and demons do you have that are not clearly answered in Scripture, and what do we do with those unanswered questions? If they were talking about the understanding that there is a position of archangel, but we don't know if there's more than one or if it's mm -hmm. only Michael. Or... Right. Yeah, one I've always struggled with, and this goes back to the whole... Um, the finite mind cannot comprehend the infinite, right? So I will never be able to understand this, certainly not this side of glory, but um, you know, how, how when God created the angels and especially created Lucifer, um, how did Lucifer, a, a perfect righteous creature that God created, ever get it in his mind to be prideful in the first place? I mean, where did, where did the sin come from? You know what I mean? I mean, I struggle with that. How, how did that get in yeah, there? <laughs> Yeah, Adam and Eve were at least tempted externally, but there was no temptation there that we we're made aware of. So, so I guess that's one that we always talk about. You know, uh, when you meet your Savior, any questions you'd like to ask, and that would probably be one I'd like to ask. I've been reading Genesis lately, and I've been so I've been trying. I've been thinking about some of these things, and one of the things I wonder is just like, you know, so we know that the, they were cast out of heaven, but, but you know. But then he created earth, and then and then uh, the serpent was there, which I've, I've always assumed it's Satan. They didn't come out and say it's Satan, but I always assumed serpent was Satan. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so it's like, how did he get there? What was he doing there? <laughs> and, and was he there the whole time? And he just, you know, you know, I don't know. And he's was he the only was he the only one there or? I'm sure there there's much backstory to God's creation that, that hasn't been revealed right, right in His Word, and so it's it's hard for us to comprehend some of these things. And we we sometimes do that thing where we have to know, so we start filling in the missing pieces and, yeah. and inventing things, you know. And, um, I never noticed that it's never said that he nor the serpent was Satan. That well, I don't think it, it never it never used the word Satan. At least not so far. I mean. I think there's a reference in Revelation is there? that that old serpent, which is Satan, mm -hmm. okay. it's yeah. by Revelation. Mm -hmm. it, do, it does, um, I was curious about it saying um, that its curse was that it was going to be on its belly. Right. And the dust, because in my mind, I always thought, you always see the pictures and you think of the serpent as being a snake. So it's like, 
his curses to be on his belly. I thought he was already on his belly, <laughs> but now apparently not, right? And um, and then one of the one of the revelations references called it a dragon or something one time, which I noticed somewhere in this video too. Something about the word dragon came up. Hmm. I think. Yeah. So what what do we do with these things when when we can't can't answer them? It's not revealed to us in God's word. What's the right thing to do? Yeah, so we believe God has revealed what we need to know, and we don't need to go inventing things um, just because we have this curiosity we want to, you know, fulfill. Um, so the right thing is not to add to God's word, never to do that. Uh, we have to accept there are some things that we, we can't comprehend. So. Um, okay, so I also wanted to uh, look at what our confession of faith uh, says about angels and demons. So I went through it, and uh, it doesn't really say demons uh, per se, but it it does reference fallen and uh, apostate angels. Um, and there's not a specific section on angels and demons. So we can't just turn to, you know, chapter whatever and, and look at angels and demons. But I did find it comes up between the, the confession and our Baptist catechism about ten times the angels are, are referenced. Um, so I'm not going to go through all of that, but I am going to look briefly at chapter 32. If you have a confession, you're welcome to look at it. You don't have to. You can just listen if you want. And chapter uh, 32 is on the last judgment. So it gives you a point of reference here. Uh, let's see which paragraph. Okay, paragraph one. God hath appointed a day wherein he will judge the world in righteousness by Jesus Christ, to whom all power and judgment is given of the Father in which day not only the apostate angels shall be judged, but likewise all persons that have lived upon the earth shall appear before the tribunal of Christ to give an account of their thoughts, words, and deeds, and to receive according to what they have done in the body, whether good or evil. So we clearly have a reference here to uh, apostate angels, um, which we would define as demons. And then also I thought I'd bring in a... Our catechism here. So if you look at question number 43, again, if you don't have it with you, that's fine. Um, I'll just read it. And this is uh, on the same topic here. Question 43, what shall be done to the wicked at the day of judgment? At the day of judgment, the bodies of the wicked being raised out of their graves shall be sentenced together with their souls to unspeakable torments with the devil and his angels forever. So we see a reference there to Satan and his demons. Um, so I think it was, a, it was a good study and necessary one because there there is so much confusion, I believe, in, in our culture today about angels and demons. Um, any any final thoughts or further thoughts on, on angels and demons tonight? I'm thankful. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful the 
And let's uh, let's remember also what we talked about that that the devil, Satan, although far more powerful than men, uh, certainly is is not divine, is not God. He is a, a creature, and he is finite, and um, he can also be resisted. And that's the important takeaway: is we can resist uh, the devil. And so, as Christians, we need to train ourselves uh, regularly to do so. Because he's not going to stop accusing us. He's not going to stop tempting us or trying to deceive us. Um, that will continue throughout our lives. Remember to put our armor on. Yep, whole armor of God. Exactly. Yeah, it, it actually wasn't a very biblical tactic to just mock him. <laughs> yeah. Since you know, Christ tells Peter the devil could sift you like sand. So yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it actually worked well in his favor for people to be dismissive about the concept sure. the idea of him because there's this picture of a ridiculous devil mm-hmm. in their head that's easy to just well that doesn't mean yeah, I hate, I hate to quote secular media but I am reminded of a, a line in a movie which I don't recommend watching um, but he does say in, in the movie the greatest trick the devil ever, ever pulled is convincing the world he doesn't exist All right, any, anything else? Well, along, along with um, what Laurel said about the armor, also is um, just remembering how Jesus told us to pray to lead us not into temptation. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that we don't, we don't even, we, you know, the whole spirit world is all around us all the time and we can't see what's going on. But, right. But, um, and I love that biblical story when his eyes are open and he sees thousands yeah. of angels surrounded. Yeah. That's and an awesome. I think that it's like, imagine what's around us, but yeah, but, um, but yeah that thought of remembering to pray and ask God to protect us from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we've talked before about being the deceiver because we so often think of, um, you know, Satan coming in this dirty seedy manner trying to yank us down but he usually tries to deceive us and he comes in this you know angel of light and this look how wonderful things you know could be just follow me and you know um like like he tempted christ all this you know i'll give all this immediately um satan loves to say um you know to give us what looks good because he wants us to pick good over best because all he cares about is staying away from best, from staying away from God. So he's perfectly happy for us to have our best life now, if that means we're not true believers in God. So. And it, it's a very real temptation for believers to um, take things that are good mm-hmm. and are tempted to actually put them in a higher place. And true. Like Calvin says, our hearts are... Um, idol factories. Yeah. And and so often it's good things, like things that oh, absolutely. God yeah. calls us to pursue, but we pursue them. We're tempted to pursue them to a degree that is idolatrous. Right. Promote good things above God Himself. Yeah. And that's like you said, that's in our human nature. So we have to fight against that. All right, um, Arthur, do you mind uh, closing us in prayer? No. <clears throat> Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to come together and get a deeper understanding of the word, Lord. Thank you so much for providing this um, opportunity to have questions answered and to go deeper into the word, Lord. And 
and also pose other questions that will, will encourage us to get into the Word more. Thank you for teaching us more about your creation and the order of things around us. Lord, I, I pray that you uh, look over us all as we travel home, keep us keep us safe on the way, and bring us back together again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys, for their discussions.